0: This is Foam Monday, the snackable companion to FOMO Sapiens. Of course, FOMO Sapiens will drop a full episode on Thursday, but until then, happy Foam Monday. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and FOMO Sapiens 24-7, and also, I guess, a big fan of Anthony Katz, who came on the show on Thursday, and that's why I want to talk a little bit more about Anthony today because, you know... I taped him a little while back. It wasn't too long ago. But since we had that taping, he's been making news. Anthony does not stop. And I read, as I was Googling today, thinking about this episode, I read a little update. Basically, the company announced that it is basically raised more money It has raised more money from some big names in sports, including Boston Celtics forward Jason Tatum, Edmonton Oilers center Connor McDavid, four-time PGA Tour major champion Royal McElroy, Golden State Warriors guard Clay Thompson, Formula One driver Daniel Ricciardo. Those are all big names in their respective sports. Of course, we know he's got another bunch of folks that he has worked with. And so he's built up this roster of investors who are really practitioners as well. And he's also got investment from the NFL and the NBA. This is a company he started in 2010. Last year, 10 years later, okay, you know, not an overnight success, although he's had lots of success, but, you know, 10 years later, he does 200 million in gross revenue. He is expected, according to this article, to... Surpass a valuation of 1 billion this year. Now, I don't know where those numbers come. They are not audited by me, but you know, I think we get the point. This is a real company doing real revenue with real clients and real investors. And it's just impressive. You know, you got to give it to Anthony and the team. And, you know, as I think about that, I find it very inspiring because listen, this is a guy who is a true 10% entrepreneur. And if that means nothing to you, I have done a terrible job a terrible job explaining what that means to you because of course that was the subject of my first book but maybe there's some of you who are new here. And so I'm going to just quickly say a 10% entrepreneur is somebody who starts an entrepreneurial venture while keeping their day job, right? So they, you know, Anthony was a teacher. He was a coach, a basketball coach. So he was teaching and coaching and on the side came up with this idea for his first product, the Hyper Ice, which is, if you ever watched sort of like uh, sporting events, like the NBA, all of the players have them, they, there, it's a, it sort of ices down your leg, you wrap it around your leg and it freezes it down and very good for, I guess, you know, sort of recovery. And so, you know, he came up with this idea. He beta tested it with Kobe Bryant, who played basketball near where he lived in California, and then, you know, eventually left his job, but not for a while. And so, you know, I think that story is really amazing. And I think it's really cool, the story of being a teacher and then becoming an entrepreneur of such a huge company, because if you think about it, Teachers have in their work and the things they do, a lot of the skills necessary to succeed in entrepreneurship. Let's think about it. Teachers have to be able to communicate, explain ideas. They have to be able to manage lots of facts and figures. They have to be able to see context. You know, it's just like one of those things where you know, I, I, like I think about Anthony and it makes me think of another person who I've talked about on phone Mondays, who's a listener, Claudia, who lives over in Switzerland and who I met this summer in New York. And she was a teacher and came up with a really cool idea. Also sort of in the sporting area, actually, quite interestingly. And, you know, now she's doing that full time and raised money. And so it's just interesting, all these teachers. So if you're a teacher and you're listening and you're saying to yourself, I want to start a business. Yeah. Good luck because you have a lot of the skills that you need to be successful. And so that's why, you know, I just wanted to spend a little bit more time talking about Anthony and specifically talking about, you know, how he has done this, what I think is exceptional about what he's done, sort of going over what I think the playbook is that he has been able to write and what we can learn from him. FOMO. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations on multiple systems or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. see how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you gotta do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com FOMO. That's netsuite.com FOMO, netsuite.com FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO Sapiens? Now that right there was Portuguese, and as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. only for our listeners at babble.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babble.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B A B B E L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. All right, so let's get into it. Now, Anthony is a 10% entrepreneur and he's the founder. And a founder is somebody who starts and runs their business on their side while keeping their day job and then, you know, eventually may go full time. So he did exactly that. Now, the 10% entrepreneur has the three resources that they may invest. Okay, the three resources of a ten percent entrepreneur are time, capital, and intellectual capital. So time, money, and you know what you know and what you understand and what you like to do. So I want to talk about how Anthony had kind of sort of used those in in each instance. So number one was time. So you know he had a job where you know, he had a day job. He obviously was working as a coach. But what's so cool is his time as a coach actually counted towards developing the business, right? He kind of got double credit because it allowed him to have insights and connectivity that allowed him to develop the first product. Like, because he was in the basketball world in his community, he knew that Kobe Bryant was playing and practicing at a particular place where he could go meet him. He understood the needs of a basketball player. So it's really cool how his time, you know, he didn't need, like, if I started doing this, first of all, I'm I'm five foot seven, so nobody's gonna expect me to be very good at basketball and guess what I'm not but I don't know a lot about the needs of a basketball player so it's kind of we'll talk about that a bit more but that's very interesting how he sort of had this really nice situation with a steady job and of course cool thing about teachers is they get vacations and they have summer off and so you know he had a little bit of flexibility there but also the work that he did sort of gave you know his time more meaning as it were capital You know, this is now a huge company with tons of R&D and tons of development, but the first version of the product was messy. I mean, he built it himself. It was very much a beta product. And that's what I love about this. It's like, you know, a lot of times people, they think the prototype has to be incredible, right? No, it doesn't have to be incredible. It just has to show the value proposition of what you're building. And so the first thing he built was very simplistic, right? Now it's like, you know, very sophisticated, but it didn't matter. It was enough to show early users like Kobe Bryant okay, there is something here. And there's a story that I love that I, I just remember friends of mine were starting a tech startup and they wanted to do this business that would basically help you get deliveries. They lived in in the sort of Scandinavia and Norway and they were like, their use case was like, we want people who go to a place like an Ikea to be able to have delivery. So we want to do like an Uber for delivery drivers. Now I have no idea if that ever went anywhere, but I remember they told me, they didn't build an app right away. No, they simply put up flyers with their phone numbers. People would call them and then they did the whole thing on pen and paper just to figure out, do people want This service, how much will they pay for it? What are the pain points? What is hard about this? Is this a good business idea? What do we need to succeed? So you can do a very quick and dirty version of something you want to build without putting a lot of capital at stake. And that's what Anthony did. And I think it's just masterful. Number three, intellectual capital. That is the place where what you are good at and what you love to do meet. Obviously, Anthony, as a basketball player, understood. The needs of a player. And, you know, he was able to figure out. I mean, the great thing about Hyper Ice is it's not, there's science behind it, of course, but it's not like it's a complex thing to build. You don't need to like build a nuclear reactor, right? So, (laughs) you know, it's pretty intuitive. Uh, But at the same time, he was able to talk to people. He knew people in the industry. So he was able to combine sort of his knowledge with his passion, which is sports. And so he loved working on the product. And that's really cool because if you love working on the product, it's not annoying. To spend your Saturday and your Sunday and your Tuesday night and your Wednesday morning working on it. And so that that nexus of what you like to do, what you're good at, that's really important. And you know, you may be thinking, well, Patrick, that's great, but I'm like, you know, if I wanted to do a business, there's gonna be things I don't know. And guess what? We all don't know things. But if you are able to at least formulate the questions and if you know enough about the subject area just to formulate those questions, then you can go out and ask people. It's wonderful to do that. And that's exactly, that's my next point with Anthony is like, he didn't just d- develop this thing in his garage and like never sort of interact with the world. He went out into the world and tested it with Kobe and other people. And that's the thing about entrepreneurship. You got to go out, you got to get your product in people's hands, get feedback. And I see this so many times, you know, the The perfect is the enemy of the good. Just get something serviceable, you know, the minimum viable product, as it's called in the the parlance of the lean startup, and then learn from people. Ask them, what did you think? What did you like? What didn't you like? What would you change? You know, all those sorts of things, and you can make your product better, and that's exactly what Anthony did. He wasn't precious about it. He got it out into the market, and the feedback was great, and now, you know, boom, look where he is now. Another thing, back to the money. So, he raised his series A, which was a forty eight million dollar series A. Now that's that's insane. I that is that's I've never heard of such a thing, so wow. Basically the point here, if you're not a venture capital type person or you're not familiar with why I'm freaking out about that, is that usually people raise a lot of money early on and by the time they get to series A, you know, it'll be a smaller round, but you know, it's sort of like a $50 million Series A, meaning like it's some of the earliest capital he's raised, means that he was able to go a long time without raising capital. And when he did, he raised a lot at a very high valuation. And the upshot is he owns more of the company. And what I love here is that he was patient. I mean, he's been at this for 10 years. He only recently raised that Series A. Yeah, he raised some money before, I'm sure, but he waited. And so as a result, because he waited until he attraction, and he was able to do that. And you know, that's a whole other podcast episode. But the fact of the matter is that Oftentimes we think you have to have tons of money. You have to raise tons of money to be successful. And Anthony shows us that it is possible. And it's not like he's just building, you know, some computer program. This is a physical good. So that is is stunning. And finally, I love the fact that he shows the power of social proof. Of course, these people, these investors, these athletes, they're not just names. They are people who use the product. So they're not just like influencers you pay to say something's nice about your product on their Instagram page. No, they use it. And I think that's amazing because they also provide sort of obviously branding, but insights on the product, more feedback, and they have friends in in other areas like entertainment where Anthony could potentially go next. So it's kind of like interesting. I think about you know, one could say, well, you know, what about Theranos? What about these, these people investing in a business? And what if they lose their money? And they're not investors, they're athletes. And the thing is they understand this product. It's not like the DeVos family investing where they have no idea what they're doing and the tech is way too complicated. No, like you know, Naomi Osaka, she uses the product. I mean, this is that's great. So it's as an investor, you know, this is another thing. If as a 10% entrepreneur, as an investor, it's really easier. If you invested things you understand. So that is just, again, it just all fits well together. It's a very, I would say, it's a very unified strategy from the way Anthony did it, the way he raised money, to how he's grown. And I just think the whole thing is amazing. And at the end of the day, what we learned from him, the big lesson is when you build something you understand and you're patient, good things can really happen. You're 10% and you can make a huge impact in the world and make a lot of money. So nice job, Anthony. All right, I hope that leaves you inspired. It certainly leaves me inspired. And I will see you on Thursday on FOMO Sapiens. Can't get enough of FOMO Sapiens? Join me on Patreon for ad-free episodes, bonus material, and exclusive content that will help you to master FOMO and position yourself for greatest success in both business and life. Go to patreon.com slash FOMO Sapiens to learn more. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on LinkedIn. I love hearing from you, so don't be shy. FOMO.